He's in the scriptures. Turn please to uh, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. This is not a part of our um, series that we've been on. And I don't know that it's a new series. Maybe it's a one message thing. <laughs> You're not convinced, are you? <laughs> I can tell. I didn't say it was. I'm not I'm not guaranteeing anything, but um, this this came up on my heart as I prayed about today. And um, so let's see. But would you believe God with me? Yes. Because uh, this is a matter of you and I both hearing from him. Father, all of us here in Branson and everybody joining together with us online, we ask you for the anointing that teaches and reveals and guides and even shows us things to come. We ask you for the, the word for now, the message and the ministry for now. And as only you can do it, ministering to all of us individually in these thousands of different ways at once. We ask for that. We know it's your will. We thank you for it. We believe we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, you know, it's not a, 13 is not a big chapter. And we call it the, um, the love chapter. And it is. But that, that specifically describes only half the chapter. And the rest of the chapter is about growing up. Which, you're talking on the same subject, because growing up spiritually is growing up in love. It is. So, begin reading with me, if you would, uh, in verse 8. It said, charity... And this is King James. It's the, it's the word for love. Uh, even the word that refers to the love that God is. And so that really would probably, for our generation, love is probably a better translation. Love never fails. And I think sometimes people have put an emphasis on failing there. But the word there also really means to, um, it never comes to an end. It never fails as far as running out and quitting and finishing. Well, how could it? If God is love, he never runs out. So his love never runs out. The reason I say that is because sometimes people say, well, you know, love never fails. I mean, if I, if I treat somebody in love, it will never fail to produce the results I desire. That's not correct. That's acting like they have no will. You can love people and they can still decide to hate you. You didn't like that? Yes. <laughs> They either have a will or they don't. Now, don't misunderstand me. You're going to get better results no matter which way you go if you act in love oh, yeah. right? rather than getting in the flesh with everybody else. But 
you can't manipulate other people through your prayers or your actions. You can do some things that will help them, make it easy for them, uh, uh, you know, uh, give access and place for God to do things in their life. But it will ultimately be their choice, their decision. God won't make them make the right choice ever. And you can't. He won't. And you can't. But the, I just say that because the emphasis here is, is about love not running out. Not ending and failing as far as running out of time or, or effort or power. Keep, keep reading. Whether there are prophecies, they will fail. What does that mean? Well, that doesn't mean that a word of God that he said would fail to come to pass, per se. It just means there will come a time when all the prophecies will be fulfilled and finished. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. And some people quote this as saying tongues are not for our day now. Well, no, that time hadn't come yet any more than all the prophecies have been fulfilled yet. Our knowledge has vanished away yet. Why would you pull one of those out of the middle and say, well, no, that's passed away. That's because they don't speak in tongues. <laughs> They're trying to make the scripture fit them instead of them adjusting to the scripture. No, speaking in tongues is for every believer. Every believer. I'm telling you, if you don't think so, put your head in the book. Right? In the Bible. Look at it, look at it, honestly, and the Lord will show you. And besides that, why would the Lord withhold from some of us this ability to pray beyond your limited understanding, to build up yourself on your most holy faith, pray out mysteries to God and, and praise and worship on a completely higher level and deprive it from people that need it just as much as we do? No, that's just, that's not correct. But there will come a time when there will be no need for speaking in other tongues. Our communication will take a big leap. And we will, as it goes on to say here later, we will know as we are known. I know uh, when my dad went home to be with the Lord, he went home early. He wasn't that old. And I didn't like the circumstances that he went home under. I knew he was a believer, strong believer, so I wasn't questioning that he was saved or anything. I was confident in that. And boy, that is the big thing. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Just eclipses everything else. But I knew that, um, you know, we have a right to longevity serving the Lord. And we can be healed and we can be protected. Uh, but if for whatever reason you came short of a bunch of that, but you're still saved, who's going to worry about it a thousand years from now? Right? You're saved. We made it. But uh, a while after that, I was still troubled about it, not happy with the situation. The Lord allowed me a, uh, an experience. And I've talked about this in our series on uh, victory over death, if you want to know more about that. But uh, I actually got to go see him. 
Now I know people don't believe in some of those things, but it's in the Bible. I said it's in the Bible. And and I was there. It happened to me. I know what happened. I, uh, I went and saw him. And I saw a portion. I didn't see the Father. I, I want to. I didn't see Jesus. I didn't see the Master. But I saw him and I saw some other people. In what I... I describe as a part of heaven. I don't. You got to watch about saying more than what you know. Right? Got to watch about filling in the blanks. And uh, I I came up into a place that was like a. um, It reminds you of an outdoor mall type thing. There were activities going on in different places, but there was no roof, there was no. uh, nothing over it. And uh, you could tell things were going on all over the place. And it was this big, thorough way. And I just knew my dad was there somewhere. Don't know how I knew it, but I knew it. And I searched for him, and I found him. And when I found him, I was astounded at his appearance. He did not look like the last time I saw him. Last time I saw him... He was older. He'd lost most of his hair. What was left was was white, white, and of course a lot of wrinkles and that kind. Of, you know, just older. And man, he you you say he looked like a million bucks. That ain't that ain't enough money. I mean, he, he looked like maybe 25, 30 years of age type thing, full head of raven black hair. And when I say black, I mean, you know, like blue black kind of Elvis hair. (laughs) And uh, he just looked amazing. And I grabbed him and hugged him and he hugged me. And it was just, how do you put it into words? Seeing somebody hugging somebody that a while back you buried their body. It's it's quite something. It's amazing. Uh, and uh, the reason I share this today is I, I immediately knew uh, how much he cared about me without me struggling to express it. And I knew that he knew how much I loved him and cared for him. You know, you hear all this stuff in this life. I wonder if they really know, you know, that I love them. Or or you hear people say, well, I I never got to tell them, you know, before they left, how much I really love them. They know. And the thing that, 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 ministered to me so powerfully is for that those few moments I'm out of this and I realize how dark this is and how confusing this is of everybody struggling to say something and then all the the fear and insecurity of do they know what I mean or did they I don't think they believed it or do they understand it no I knew he knew. And he knew that I knew. And so 
You don't have to wrestle with trying to explain a bunch of things. You, and when I, after the experience was over, this verse came to me real strong. You will know as you are known. Somebody say, you will know. You will know. And what it revealed to me is how full of insecurities and fears this life and most people are. Always trying to get their point across and, and then don't believe they did and and fretting and being vexed over all kind of stuff that later on you'll look back and go, what was I doing? Why couldn't have I just enjoyed some life? <laughs> Instead of wrestling with all that, making everything so convoluted, so hard, and actually listening to lies of the enemy. Because that's what he's doing. He's lying to them about you. Lying to you about them. Well, no, they didn't understand it. And no, they don't really care for you anyway. And no, they'll never forget what you did and said. And no. And then he jumps over there and tells that to you about them. Lies. Innuendo. Suggestions. All that kind of stuff. It'll be so good to be free from all that. Now keep reading this. Love never ends. Prophecies, they'll finish up. Tongues, we get to a place where we won't need them anymore. Knowledge, it'll vanish away. How about that? We're not there yet on any of these. Are y'all with me? Not yet. Not yet. Verse 9. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. I want everybody to read that out loud. Say it out loud, please. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Now, prophesy is inspired utterance in a known tongue. Speaking in tongues is inspired utterance in a tongue language you don't know. But both of them are inspired utterance. We know in part. Keep reading. When that which is perfect, that's the, that means complete, and it's contrasted to partial. When that which is perfect or complete is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. And that's why the prophecies, the tongues, the knowledge won't be applicable anymore because we'll have the full picture. Huh? The prophecies will have been fulfilled. And the language thing, see, uh, before the Tower of Babel, everybody spoke the same language and understood each other. And so what happened after that, that will have been fixed and uh, other tongues won't be needed anymore. But we need them now. I said, we need them now. Just like we're still having prophecies and we're still having them fulfilled and we still have knowledge and we still need to grow in knowledge. Keep reading. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. 
I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Uh, And he's talking directly about the previous verse. Go back to verse 10 again. About the part, the partial. And verse 9, I know in part. I know in part. That's part of what makes you a spiritual, spiritually immature. Is ignorance. Ignorance of God. Just like in the natural little ones, one of their biggest problems is all the stuff they don't know. They, they think they know some things, but as you're as, a, as an adult, as a parent, they you know they don't. And, and you especially got to watch when young ones hit the teen years, because they know the most they have ever known. <laughs> and it is such a volume of increase until they fill. Like Megamind, like like Einstein, right? right. <laughs> and there's a reason why I'm talking about this. And and that's when so many times they go off. Because they they come to believe lies that they know more than they do. And that their elders know less. Than they think they do. And that what they do know. Is out of date. Out of date. Irrelevant. Huh? They're not with it. They don't know. No dear child. It's you who don't know. (laughs) And there are different ways to find out. There's the hard way. And there's the easy way. Learning from your mistakes is better than not learning from your mistakes. But there's something even better than that. Oh, come on, church, you're with me. There's something better than learning from your own mistakes. Come on, help me. What what is it? Learning from other people's mistakes. Right? And not making them again. And and good parents and good spiritual parents, that's their heart. They want to spare you from some of the pain and problems they ignorantly or foolishly or rebelliously put themselves and their parents through. They want to spare you. But you'd have to listen. And that's where the issue comes in. Keep reading this. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I understood like a child, because I thought like a child. And, and you, can, you can read that backwards. If you think like a child, then you're going to understand like a child. And if you think and understand, you're going to talk like a child. Why? Because you is one. You, you're a child. <laughs> you are a child. But when I became a man, when I, was, I became fully developed, when I grew up, what happened? There was a change in my priorities. There was a change in my perspective. There was a change in how I saw things and what I considered important, not important. I put away the childish, immature 
way of thinking and understanding and talking, living and being. Thank God I grew up some. Anybody glad today that you've grown up some? You've grown up some. Spiritual growth is just as real as natural and mental growth, physical and mental growth. Keep, Keep reading. Now we see through a glass darkly. Now that refers right back to what was it, that ninth verse? We know in part. I don't care who you are. How, what kind of experiences you've had, how much of the word you think you know, how much you prayed. You do not know it all. You don't know half of it. How many think Paul was pretty far down the road on this enlightened, mature, huh? And he's the one that says, we, right? If Paul just knows in part. Where where are a lot of people at? (laughs) They only know part of the part of the part of the part. (laughs) Which means there's all these other parts. Hadn't got a clue. Don't, Don't know. Don't understand. And that affects you. This ignorance. He said, but now we see through a glass darkly. But then... Face to face. This is something to look forward to, child of God. This is something to look forward to. You and I. Let me back up a little bit. Moses said after hanging out with God in his presence some. All he saw was roiling fire and light. And he heard the voice of God. And after a while he said, God... I want to see it all. I know there's a lot behind this this smoke and fire. I hear you. I can't see you. I want to see you. Let's move the curtain out of the way. Let me see your glory. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. God said, boy, you can't. You, You can't take it. In fact, Nobody, talking about living human being in this state, can see me and live. Now that is something. In our current mortal state, we can't handle the power of looking at him full on. Well, what kind of being creates galaxies? Stretches out the universe. They were showing this other day on some of these thunderstorms and stuff. Some some of the lightning strikes and some of them the air to ground. They're many times hotter than the sun. Power. God has millions of them. So that, that, that's an insight into his power. And the throne, you know, we, Phyllis and I walked out of the house yesterday afternoon after the storm and saw a beautiful rainbow. Well, the Bible said that's his rainbow across his throne. He put it in the sky after the flood because the survivors of the flood, every time it rained, they'd have been scared out of their mind that they were all going to drown again. And 
he let that was a, a sign of his covenant that this is never going to happen again. The flood's never going to happen again. Hallelujah. How much do we know about him? Thank God for what we know. But it's it's very partial. Keep reading. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then we're going to see what? Past this life. Even there's going to come a time when the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise and those that remain will be changed from corruptible to incorruptible. Then we can handle the full thing. We can come before the throne of God and see him in all his glory sitting on the throne. We can look full on. We can be full in his presence. And it's going to be the it's going to be a high like we've never experienced before. It's going to be the high of the most high. <laughs> Nothing a drug could ever touch. Now I know in part. Then shall I know even as also I am known. And that's what I was describing from my experience. Uh, and I, that's the only experience like that I've ever had in my life, like that one. And I, I believe I tasted a little bit of that. That free from insecurity and questionings. Do they know? Do they really know? Do they understand? Did I say it right? All of that junk is the fear and insecurities down here. But he's, he's telling us that we know in part and we need to grow up, but we'll still just know in part. Keep reading. Verse, verse 13. Now abides faith, hope, and again that's the word for love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Now see that goes back to verse 8. Love never fails. What, what is he talking about? Love lasts forever. It never comes to an end. And when he keeps talking about failing. That's what he's talking about. Where it runs out. It ends. It stops. And there are these spiritual forces. That are of God. Actually out of him. Well, he never ends. So these kind of things that come out of him, it's understandable, they never end. Faith, the God kind of faith, it never comes to an end. The, the hope, the God kind of hope, it never comes to an end. And the God kind of love, it never comes to an end. And what we see is the, the superior, the superiority of love above knowledge. Did you hear that phrase? Which is greater? Knowledge or love? Love, well, even among these three, which last forever, love is the greatest even above faith and hope. 
And those are endless spiritual things. Go to the 8th chapter of 1 Corinthians. The same book. Can you give me just a few more minutes? Yes. 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter. And verse 1. He said, uh, now as touching things offered to idols. Now what had happened is in this uh, letter, the saints at Corinth had written to Paul as their elder and, and apostle and asked him some questions about marriage and divorce, about sex outside of marriage, about eating things offered to idols. They they asked him several questions. And the Spirit of God answered them through Paul in this letter. And we have it. And it's still the answer today. So he says, as touching things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Now, the reason that he's talking about this is because They had become, this next term, puffed up. That's a term he uses in a couple of other places in these two letters to the saints at Corinth. Puffed up over what they imagined they knew. Knowledge. And they're not listening to their elder. They weren't like they should. It's reminiscent of spiritual, a spiritual teenager. But they forgot who got them saved. They forgot who taught them the basics of redemption. And they've imagined that in a few short years, they somehow have passed Paul. How many think that's dumb thinking? That is, yeah. huh? What you? That means you don't know what you think you know. You don't know how much you don't know, and you don't realize that how much of what you think you know is wrong. He said, "We all have some knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love." You could say it like this, builds up. That's what edify means. Say it out loud. Knowledge Knowledge puffs up. up. Love Love builds up. up. Puffed up, built up. Which one you want? What's puffed? Puffed is full of hot air. Right? Isn't that what a puff is? That's what it is. Puff. <laughs> full of hot air. Full of nothing. Hollow. If you've been puffed, you're, you're making a big show, but ain't much inside. It's all empty space. <laughs> Say it again. Knowledge. Puffs up. up. Love Love. builds up. 
My father in the faith, uh, Kenneth E. Hagen, Kenneth Hagen Sr., who's in heaven now, uh, one of the strongest teachers on faith in our generation. And uh, they, they founded Rhema Bible Training Center, which we were part, and I had the privilege of teaching there as well. And um, we had a young student one time that had come, and a lot of their family didn't think they approved of the ministry, and so they were home for Christmas break, and some of the family was kind of grilling them about, well, I, you know, now I guess you think you know everything. I mean, you, <laughs> you've gone to that word and that faith school and, and said, uh, uh, what's the most important thing you think you've learned? And said the person said, no, no, sir, no, ma'am. I've learned the most important thing is love. And that is the right answer. Because no matter how much you know, there's still going to be so much you don't know. Right? In this life. And there's no one who's perfect in knowledge in this life. Your, your favorite preacher, your favorite pastor, your favorite authors of, of you know good resources and material to the things of God... I don't care how much you like them or how knowledgeable they seem to be, they don't know everything. And that means if they don't know everything, they're going to be wrong about some things. Just by reason of ignorance. Maybe not intentionally or maliciously, but it's because of the parts they don't know. Nobody is perfect in knowledge among us. And yet, you can be perfect in heart. What what does that mean? Wholehearted love for God. Wholehearted love for people. And that needs to take the place in our life and thinking above knowledge. Are y'all with me, church? Love over knowledge. I've gotten letters, people correcting me and, and theologians correcting me about a statement I made years ago. and So I'm going to go ahead and make it again. <laughs> that a person's spirit is more important than their doctrine. Now, I'm a Bible teacher, so you know I care about doctrine. And man, I, I will look at thousands of verses and look up words and spend hours and hours endeavoring to get it right. It matters. I said it matters. But at the same time, I need to realize... I don't know it all. And it's all the parts I don't know where I could be wrong and not even know I'm wrong. But how can I tell then in interacting with other people and receiving ministry or not receiving ministry? Love builds up. Knowledge puffs up. 
what you want to look for in a good minister, in good resources, gifts that minister to you, is not just somebody you think knows everything, because they don't. No, they can't. Not yet. They know in part. But if their heart is right, come on, can you see this? And the, and the, the bigger thing is love and faith and hope, these things. Then God will help you. He'll help, he'll help correct you. He'll help you to make the adjustment. And, and from time to time, uh, you need to hear him say, oops, I was wrong about that. <laughs> Made a mistake on that one. Huh? And people need to hear you. Your spouse. From time to time. Your children. Is that right? Your co-workers. From time to time. They need, to, they need you to say what? Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. I was wrong about that. Oh, I, I thought it was right. Now, I know I was adamant about it, but the Lord has shown me. Right? Amen. And so, no, I, I was wrong. And it, it, nobody should be shocked and fall off their chair because we all know that we all only know in part. Somebody say, I know in part. <laughs> Keep reading this and I think I can close. Verse 2, 1 Corinthians 8, 2. If any man think that he knows anything, what? He knows nothing yet as he ought to know it. My father in the faith, Brother Hagin, uh, he used to say it frequently. He said, the more you learn, the less you see you know. And that's somebody's growing. Why? They're seeing things. They're learning things. He said after he had pastored several years, he uh, they pastored 12 years before they went on the road and then other things happened. But um, he just, during the winter, uh, he got this, this thing on his heart about praying. And so he'd go in and get wake, wake up in the middle of the night and go in and pray. And he'd pray the Ephesian prayers, the Colossian prayers. Lord, enlighten the eyes of my heart and understanding. He just, something was prompting him, was the Holy Spirit, prompting him about that. So he prayed that for months. And then he starts getting revelation. He starts seeing things. And he had, after a year or so of that, one, one day after a, uh, or before a Sunday service, he, he, he asked his wife, he said, <laughs> he, he had learned so much. He said, it's a wonder the deacons, the deacons didn't have to come tell me to get in and out of the rain. He said, what was I preaching? He'd grown. He had learned. He was seeing some things. Well, have, had he arrived at that point? Is it possible that he'd learn and grow enough they'd look back to where he was then and go, whew, man, was I, I was light on knowledge. To anybody that thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, everybody said out loud, love, love. over knowledge. Over knowledge. 
Which is the bigger thing? By far. Love. If any man love God, the same is known of him. Now, God knows who everybody is. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about an experiential thing. Does God ever look across the planet and go, whoo, that's a smart one there. Genius. Never. Never. Are you kidding? (laughs) Never. The Bible says the beginning of knowledge is what? The, The fear, the reverence, the respect of God. So People who consider themselves geniuses with multiple degrees and whatever, if they don't believe in God, they're pitifully ignorant and don't even have a clue that they are. But basically, no, how could God, who has been around for all these eons and all the knowledge and understanding, look at anybody that's been alive for a few decades and go, whoo, I am so impressed with how smart you, you are. No, never, never. Sometimes I'm reminded of, you know, how how little uh, two-year-olds, sometimes they're going to draw something for you. And so they scribble with the crayon, you know, and then they show it to you. And what do you do? Ooh, ain't that pretty, baby? It just squiggles. And I think so many times, that's with God, he goes, we go... Here, God, he goes, oh, isn't that pretty? (laughs) It's so pretty. (laughs) And if you grow a little bit, you look back and go, oh, wow. (laughs) So, no, you are not going to get God's attention among these billions of people on this planet with your intelligence or your analysis or your ability to deduce or analyze or figure things out, never even remotely close. But what will get his attention? Just like a little one, genuinely reaching up, Mama, I love you, I, Dada, I love you, Can they get attention that way? Real attention. Genuine attention. We can do that. We can have that. Even with our imperfect knowledge. Even with our immaterial place. We can do that. Right here. Right now. And God notices it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those that genuinely love Him. He knows it. He experiences it. It stands out to him. He notices it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody.